Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Johnny Jarvis, and today we are talking around challenges. Now, when I say challenges, I do not mean problems. Challenges, I'm talking about promotions, I'm talking about product launches, um, and basically, I have recently been helping out a client with their challenge, um, which went super well, and we will come on to that in a moment. Um, and during that process, it, you know, it made me go over a lot of what I did during my challenge. Um, it made me think around questions that I've had since regarding um, running challenges and how to run a successful challenge, you know, which at the end of the day, fundamentally, the aim is to convert it into customers, um, into sales. And so um, how do we get to that point? How do we run a challenge with that end goal in mind? What's providing people with value and, you know, increasing engagement around your, your product offering and brand? So first of all, before I jump into that, I just want to do a quick update for you. What is going on in the Selling Without Sleeves world? Well, if you follow me on social media, you will see that I've been very excited this week uh, with the arrival of actual physical copies of my book. So um, we had one sample sent to me by the printers and who are basically they're going to be providing the books which feed into the sales funnel. These books came from the, the guys which helped me to publish um, best-selling publishing over in the States and so these came sort of via Amazon. Believe it or not, same book but uh, different <laughs> different printing resulted in different outcome. So I'm still working through some quality issues that I have um, with the the book that basically has been printed off the, the PDF and, and the resources provided to me by the publishers. The Amazon one has come back much much better and that has been printed by Amazon off the Amazon version and that they've got. So as ever there are variations where you never expect it to be variations and then last night randomly um looking through social media somebody mentioned that they deposited their book at the british library and um i was like oh that's cool i wonder why they did that and then looking at it it's apparently a requirement if you distribute a book in the uk to provide a copy to the british library free of charge which kind of sounds super cool kind of feels a bit worrying because i was like really that's a requirement what else don't I know? So um, always a learning curve, uh, particularly when you're doing stuff that you've never done before. And, you know, although the guys in the States, the best-selling publishing guys have been great, um, they are based over in the US. So obviously it's different over there for them. So, um, so yeah, it, it's amazing what you <laughs> what you don't know and what you don't know that you don't know. So that's that one. So I've got physical copies of the book, Amazon now has the physical book up on on its platform um i'm discouraging people from buying it from amazon for a number of reasons most significantly is that they basically if they purchase it from amazon we have no way of getting back into contact with them getting feedback selling to them uh, if this person is interested in my book then they're potentially interested in some of my my products and services but there's no way of, of getting the, that information in front of them you're reliant on that customer going through that book to the end chapter and it pointing them in the direction of the you know the website and and further resources and, and opportunities to work with me and that onus of responsibility is then on the customer i am not making it as easy as possible for the customer to buy from me if i'm leaving it down to them to remember that's uh, another thing another the reason why the so the price on on Amazon has gone up and therefore that way I'm, I'm able to encourage people 
into the the sales funnel when it when it's up and running which comes on to the funnel it is delayed um i the aim originally was the 28th of may i think that was you know it it, it was achievable that was assuming that everything would would be would be going smoothly um, and we weren't too busy within the agency the reality is that the agency has been super busy um, and and from a resources point of view we, we don't have the resource we haven't had the resource for people to concentrate on on the funnel so you know it has been going along but you know I've been driving it as much as I can but I need different people to to feed into that um, and therefore it has been delayed the likelihood is it will be out at the end of the month um, so <laughs> which is sadly, you know, like eight weeks later than it was supposed to be. But there's plenty to be doing. There's plenty to be building out and working on. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being kept busy. I'm not definitely not twiddling my thumbs. From a client point of view, you know, I haven't been advertising. I've been really fortunate that clients have come to me through word of mouth, or they've come to me because they've, they've been in my world for a while. I have been sort of dipping my toe and being kept busy um, particularly on a Tuesday I've, I've been having as client day and that's how I tend to arrange my time you know more about time blocking on, on another day Tuesday is kind of client day so that's where I try and, and slot those those calls in most people aren't having weekly calls I've only got a couple of people which are on the intensive course um, all the rest are on like a, a retainer that I do so um, they have ad hoc sessions so yeah it's kind of it's all it is all happening as ever everyone is busy everyone's doing stuff um lots of plates to juggle but um as ever you know really good fun and and feel really lucky to be in a position where all these exciting things are happening so let's get on to the challenge so as i said the 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 inspiration for this challenge podcast came up from one of my clients who has just run a challenge um, and i was helping them through that process and I got a message to say that on Sunday to say that they'd exceeded their stretch target by three sales. So originally we had a target in mind and they were like, if I achieve this, then I will be super, super happy. Um, it would have been a conversion rate of 10% and I will come on to, to numbers and, and knowing your numbers in a little while. But I was convinced that, you know, this person is very good at converting people once they get them into that conversation once they get them into that well into their world it's a case of getting those people into their world so yeah we were super super chuffed with that result well, that kind of got me thinking i've been working with clients on on challenges before i even ran my own but particularly since lots i've had lots and lots of questions around challenges um how to run them what the biggest problems are um what my my number one bit of advice would be and you know to get that out of the way now what is my biggest um piece of advice is to not try and over deliver the amount of people that i see and i believe that the main reason why challenges don't work is when people give out too much information you know you thinking about this what you do is valuable if there's a value to your your customer if if they can go away and they can generate more money if it can make a significant change to their lives then that should be charged for striking that balance between providing value and showing that you know your stuff and over delivering is is the the biggest problem when it comes to challenges Um, and that's why even if you don't have the resources um, to get somebody on board who can who can you know help you through that process and mentor you through that process then definitely have somebody to sense check and and keep you accountable who ideally isn't in your world and, and doesn't do what you do so they can they can feed back on 
how ambitious you're being with the amount of ground you're intending to cover um, with what is a, a large volume of people, which, you know, it can get kind of quite out of control. Um, when you put, you're basically putting a whole load of people into a room um, who've come, you know, because they've been enticed by the, the title or the, the promise of, of the outcome that you're going to deliver during that week. And so anything can happen. You're not in control of these people. You're, you know, you've got limited control of that environment other than to, to be able to you know, tell people not to do that again or, or boot them out. Um, and so it, it, you're kind of, it's a bit like herding cats. Um, and so you've got to bear in mind, you're going to have people who don't understand things. You're going to have people who, you know, they get it that bit more uh, and people which just you know are total newbies and so you're catering for a whole range of people in one space in, at one time um so you know manage how much you're aiming to, to cover because if people feel like they've been you know bombarded with information they need time to process that and that means that they will not decide to work with you when you when you make the offer because they're, they're, they're still going over they're still processing the information that you've provided so far so for them it doesn't make any sense to take up an offer where they're going to be bombarded by further information the best thing they can do is to take stock go through and see what they can do with the information currently provided and so you know why pay for something if you haven't managed to to go through and and action the information you've got for free take that into consideration when you are making the decision on what content to cover moving on from that I wanted to kind of answer four different elements, okay? Because I thought this would probably be the best way of of helping you and and giving you um, stuff that you can implement straight away. So I've got why run one, what to do, what not to do, and what to always do. Yeah, I know that always do is a bit tenuous after the to do, but bear with um, because there is underlying elements that you definitely, definitely should not go without doing. So first... It sounds like hassle. I probably actually haven't sold it to you greatly with my sort of introduction to it and my one thing that I would definitely, you know, say, um, the advice that I'd definitely give to somebody who was about to run a challenge. However, (laughs) that wasn't my intention. They are brilliant. They are really, really good at testing a concept, getting proof of concept, um, getting an idea out there, increasing your marketing. You know, I am still getting people approaching me who were on my challenge, who have gone away. They've decided, you know, I'll I'll give this a go and I'll see how it pans out. Uh, It hasn't quite panned out as they hoped. And so, you know, they've got in contact and they've worked with me on a one-to-one basis because they they want that one-to-one support on, on what they're doing. And so, they, they are brilliant for marketing. They're brilliant for getting your brand out there. They're in, great for increasing awareness. You know, bearing in mind when I did my challenge, it was one of the biggest challenges that's been done in the UK. We had 1,800 people sign up for it, 1,400 actually in the challenge itself. It was amazing. It was brilliant. It was really hard work and exhausting. But, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. But why run one? You're not just going to do it for the fun. Okay, it is a good introduction um, into working with you. It's an opportunity to showcase what you can do. Um, You know, people sat up and took note when we filled that challenge, you know, using Selling Without Sleaze as a concept. It really resonated with people and people sat up and, you know, paid attention. After my challenge, I had one of my competitors saying sell without sleaze. And, you know, that was the first time that somebody had had looked to to use my, my terminology, my phrasing, because they'd seen it work. That was flattering. But it showed your expertise. It, it made people sit up and think, you know what, 
Um, who is this person? What are they talking about? What is this movement? What is what is their aim? The taste of value, that's what you're basically doing. At the end of the day, you're not doing this for your competition. You're not doing this for your critics. You're not doing this to prove yourself on some sort of random crusade. You're doing this to show people, show your potential customers, your ideal customers, how good you are at what you do. You're providing them with a bit of value so that they can get a taste of that value so that then they can understand what you might be able to do for them. And that's what you're doing. You're showcasing. It's a great opportunity to showcase. Now, the key thing here is meeting your customer where your ideal customer is at. Okay, so you're going to get people who went, oh, it was really simple and straightforward. They're not your ideal customer. You're going to get people who are like, it was really complicated and I didn't understand it they're not your ideal customer. They are people who, you know, you have to, you are going to get in your group, you're going to get on your challenge, but they're not necessarily, they're not the people, you're, 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 you know, they're not your audience. And this applies to product launches. Um, you're going to get people who are like, oh, this is nothing new. Okay, maybe it's not to you. But if you're not appreciating the, the differences, the nuances with my product and my, my offering, then you're not my ideal customer. Take that on board. If your ideal customer turns around, and start saying these things that's a bit of a different kettle of fish but that's not we're on not what we're on today we're talking around creating a challenge that resonates with your ideal customer so what do you need to do well what i've seen work and what i would recommend if you were working with me is to have tasks to have daily tasks that people do so you're providing value you're providing information you get them to put it into into practice okay now obviously this is not going to fit I'm I'm thinking, you know, I know that I've got driving instructors and beauty therapists and all sorts of people who tune into my podcast. This isn't necessarily, guys, for you. Okay, if you can't run something for your ideal customer of value to to get them interested, that that's absolutely fine. That that's not the right way for you. A challenge is not going to be for everybody. A challenge is designed to get people onboarded and into. Um, it works really really well in you know service sectors. So um, people went through my challenge and then into my sales academy. People go through challenges and go into digital offerings. I'm hoping to run a challenge in September. You heard that first. If we've got bandwidth within the team, which is the the, the query at the moment. Um, but I would love to run one in September um, after the schools go back when people are able to really focus in on their business and the lead up towards Christmas and making hay whilst that sun shines between September and November for people who um, have businesses who, um, you know, aren't, they're not focused on Christmas. They're not things that um, ramp up at Christmas. And then for those people who, you know, they do and they want to get, they want to hit the ground running in September and, and make the most of that that Christmas demand. You know, that's what I would, would love to do. That's what I'm hoping to do. With my challenges, I would be, I, I run tasks, okay? I always run a task. I always get somebody to, to do something to, to implement what I'm, I'm talking around. If you are not a service-based business and you don't see how a massive influx of, 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 of customers all in one go. I'm thinking, like a driving instructor, you only have so many slots. Um, do you really want a backlog where people are waiting? You know, you've got all these people switched on and desperate to buy from you and you don't have enough demand. However, if you were taking on and you were, you know, had other instructors that you could put disseminate the, the business to, um, either them working for you and your brand or they gave you commission, then maybe something like that could work thinking off the top of my head but you could do something towards you know getting themselves ready to take the theory test 
and and that's what you could do and you can work on different elements and you can work on best practice and and coaching for those theory elements so that they're in a position are they your ideal customer you're probably going to have to position it as do your theory so that that's out of the way before you start your practical because obviously otherwise they're already going to be with an instructor there you go if you have you know digital um, products that enable them to to help practice and and train for um said theory exam then um that's that's brilliant because obviously then you just sell them into that at the end so you know the challenges aren't going to be for everybody but actually there are opportunities there where people don't necessarily normally think of them and there are also opportunities to take the information that i'm saying to you today and to put it into a product launch um so you know if you're somebody who who is making hay whilst the sunshine's come christmas and the build-up to christmas then then maybe that's something that you can you can take elements of this and you can put it into an offering into something that you provide a value to show your knowledge um, leading up towards christmas let's get back on track so you run tasks to get them to do buy-in otherwise you're providing value providing value providing value and they're actually not testing that value and they're actually not committing anything they're not committing any time resource they're not committing any effort and so it's been a one-way street and so you haven't got that buy-in. So by the time you, you provide an offering for them, they're not bought in in the same way. They're not as committed to the cause. You always present an offer. Yeah, I've seen people run challenges and then they've kind of bottled it on the offer. Um, don't bottle it on the offer. When I say present an offer, I mean get on a live on the Wednesday or the Thursday or whenever you decide to do a live um, to talk about your product and, and sell that on a live sell to that group of people who come on the live encourage them to get on the live give them a reason a value for coming on that live um and present that offer to them people feel bad about doing this okay and sometimes you know people within a challenge make you feel bad um i had some really rude people when i say really rude people we're talking out of the 1400 people i think i had two um one was ridiculously rude one was just basically trying to pitch to people um, and and come in and, and try and generate business off, off my challenge, which was, again, rude. And the thing is, is, you know, understanding that person, because I, I try and not take things personally. So understanding why that person did that, I think that they were probably quite surprised. They'd had a lot of help up to that point, And I think they were quite surprised by the cost of the offering. And I think the reason why they were surprised about the cost was potentially they didn't see it coming. But I think also from a financial point of view, they weren't in that position. And so not being in that position, you know, they felt that that was a reflection on them and felt bad that, you know, they were they were shocked by it and other people weren't. And so I, th- I think that's why they were as extreme as they were. But that was it. Um, but you are going to get people. And, and uh, for me, it always helps me to understand why that person's reacted in that way. And a lot of the time, it's the baggage they're bringing to the scenario, not you as yourself. Obviously, if your whole audience seems to to be shocked and unimpressed and unhappy by something, and then it, it's a case of taking stock and seeing actually, you know, the the common denominator is me here. Um, this it doesn't look like a one off, and therefore, you know, understanding what you may have done to feed into that, but always present an offer. People aren't right to make you feel bad for presenting an offer to a group of people who are getting content for free it's an exchange they're exchanging you know you're exchanging your knowledge and your information and the value that you're providing you're giving it to them in exchange for that they can be polite and they can listen to the offer um if they're not willing to do that then 
you know they're definitely not a potential customer but also they're probably not somebody you'd want to work with because that that isn't there isn't the give and take there there isn't an appreciation for the resources and the information that you've provided i know that in my challenge you can go away and people did go away they implemented it and they generated sales it had an impact on their business they got those sales for free they they put their time in and that was it really nicely lots of them actually fed that back in the group and it was really nice to see that people were putting it in the group and they were saying yeah yeah you know I've experienced this I've experienced that because what that then enabled me to do is just to use that as evidence that these things work it was social proof that other people were getting results and so you know that helped me and and that was the exchange you know I didn't ask them to put it into the group but they did it because they felt obliged to because they've got value from what I was saying they're nice people they're people that you want to be working with and they're the ones that you want to be encouraging in these environments environments accept that some people have have their own issues have their own agendas um, and and deal with them um, with as little impact on yourself as possible be strict with pitching and and behavior that's unwanted Um, have rules at the beginning get people to comment and and say you know acknowledge that they've read them be clear on the limitations of what you're going to be able to achieve during that week you know people were saying to me um one of the questions that i asked um on over email to people who'd signed up for the challenge was around um what you want to get out of the week there was a definite correlation between the answers to that email and the people who then went on to buy from me when i was deleting them from my inbox (laughs) recently um well before i went off on maternity leave i noticed all so many of the names of the people that actually signed up with the academy had answered that initial question and don't try to cover too much as i've already said um that is a massive massive one don't try it and give too much away you shouldn't give too much away because if it's a value people should be paying for it your you know current customers your future customers will pay for it why should these people get it for free acknowledge the limitation um, be clear on you know this is what I can cover in the time available with the size of group that I've got there is so much more however you know people pay for that um, because of the value provided position that however you want but make sure you're very clear in your head um, not to give away too much don't feel bad for selling they you have you have provided value the least they can do in return is to listen to that pitch politely they no one's holding a gun to them no one's demanding that they take up that offer you know you don't have to feel bad over what you're charging or what what terms you're providing because that's your choice that person can choose to walk away with the information you've provided for free and not buy from you that's their choice don't accept bad behavior okay the best thing to do is be strict on it clamp down on it and um, give people warnings if they do it again they're out always 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 set yourself a target okay obviously always sell a product always provide them some way of working with you next and make it as easy as possible for them to to take up that offer provide a simple offer less choices more if it's an option of this one or this one then they're choosing okay there's a reason why Audi only has one lot of tomatoes they only have one type of chocolate biscuit they have that because it cuts down on, on choice and if it cuts down on choice then you're less likely to get confused and have decision fatigue you're just going to pick up that one option okay so make sure with your challenge you're really really clear having a choice of two having a choice of different things it just adds to the the process of making a decision and causes some people to be put off 
As far as doing the maths is concerned, I mentioned at the beginning that, you know, your expectation of conversions, 10% is a really, really good conversion rate. Um, on B2B, I would be expecting it to be more between the sort of 3 and 5%. There are a lot of challenges out there. Okay, and um, B to C, you know, with a with the right approach um, and really nailing it with talking to your ideal customer, um, we got that ten percent conversion, and I'm really really chuffed um, with that individual um, for that performance. They are really good at converting people on calls already. All it was it was was selling to a group, getting that group in, um, and being very clear on your messaging during the week, being very clear of, of selling them into and, and the value of of that upsell. The, the, the thing is, is to do the maths. There's no point setting yourself painful, unrealistic targets. We knew when we came into um, the academy and we, we came into the the challenge, we knew how many people we'd got on the challenge. We'd done our maths. Um, we therefore knew what we were going to do as far as the offer was concerned because we were aware, I was aware of, of the amount of ideal customers within that group. We knew the approximate conversion rate. And so with that, we tailored that offer. So originally we were getting feedback around a digital. I wasn't confident. I wasn't comfortable with a digital. My feeling on selling without sleazes is that I need to help that person to tailor their their approach. And they can't use my words because it's not them. They need an element of one-to-one. And so um, we ended up with a sort of group hybrid where they got one-to-one, they got group sessions, they got group training. Um, And that worked really, really well. Um, But doing your maths enables you to understand how much you are going to make from this. And it stops you from putting a crazy amount of pressure on yourself when it comes to the actual sales pitch itself during, during the week. That's basically it. Challenges. I hope that that has been helpful. I hope you can take some of that information, particularly on the value you provide, the expectation um, and your expectation on sending emails for offers and things like that. There is nothing wrong with expecting somebody to, to reciprocate and have a reciprocal relationship with your ideal customer. If they don't do that, then are they really your ideal customer? So that's it for now, guys. Next week, I'm going to be talking around creating a product or a business. So, um, you know, if you're just starting out in business and you are looking at creating your business or you're in business and you're looking at creating a new product or tweaking a product offering, then next week's podcast is for you. But in the meantime, guys, I want to say thanks for listening. Bye for now and happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.